Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 227 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Today, we're going to be talking about diet and nutrition. Uh, and I'm not going to get into the specifics, but I'm going to focus on why we need to understand diet and nutrition of wildlife species. doesn't matter whether we're talking about uh, bugs, an endangered bug, or big game species. We need to understand what it eats and how much it needs for it to continue to progress in this life by having more offspring. And it is the concept of understanding diet and nutrition that has helped me gain a greater appreciation for habitat. Uh, I would call that uh, a maturing as I understand the process and come to understand the importance of habitat and the role that habitat plays. Uh, without habitat, you have zero animals. And so we're going to talk about it. Diverse diets, big game species, doesn't matter what we're talking about. Deer, elk, moose, bighorn, sheep, they all have different diets. They all eat something different. Some of theirs is going to overlap. Some won't. It'll fall outside the realm of others, but they have very diverse diets. The other thing that changes is migration routes change their diets as well because some plants are not available as they migrate to other areas, whether they are moving up in elevation, moving down, moving into a drier area to a wetter area. And so all of that is going to change based upon species, location, and seasonal availability. It's important for wildlife managers, biologists, researchers to continue to monitor uh, the diet and nutrition habitat habits of each of the species as they go through and they find more disturbances in their habitat, we can be able to see the shifts and how they are adjusting to all the different things that are going on that are affecting them. Forage plants, grasses, shrubs, forbs, that's your foundation, I guess, uh, for all big game species diets. Those are the things that we are focusing on the most. They are providing the essential nutrients and the energy these animals need as they go through the different seasons, uh, especially the females. They, this is what they rely on to be able to have offspring, to raise their offspring, and then be able to survive the rest of the year. There's going to be a lot of seasonal variations in some parts of the United States, uh, in even some parts of the world. And so it's important to understand how they are adapting seasonally. Like mule deer, where I live, you know, they start out in the spring. Uh, as that green up hits, they're eating some of the grasses, the bio, the, the gut, uh, the organisms within the gut start to change. And then they move really into those forbs and those type of things. And then late summer, they really start hitting the shrubs and they're going to continue on with those shrubs throughout winter. It provides them nutrients and a place to be able to hide. But each animal is different. Bighorn sheep are going to be feeding on something different. Again, elk are going to be feeding on something different. There's going to be some overlap, but you've got to monitor those seasons. You've got to also understand where your populations are migrating to. Uh, if you remember talking to um, Dr. Randy Larson, uh, he talked about how some mule deer 
within the same area will migrate five miles and others will migrate a hundred miles. And so understanding their migration routes, understanding the habitat along those migration routes and making sure that we are doing everything we can for those species to give them the best chance to survive from year to year. Protein-rich foods is what they're seeking out. That's why you find a lot of them sometimes in agricultural fields, because there's higher amount of protein. Protein-rich foods are important for the males. You have antler growth and development, but it's also important for reproduction. Females that are lactating need high amounts of protein to be able to support their offspring. So you're going to find them uh, at these critical times looking for the highest protein uh, plants available. Now elk are going to be more tolerant. Uh, they can consume a little less in the quality. They consume more in quantity, but less in quality. They have bigger stomachs. They're able to uh, take in a lot of that food and break it down better than mule deer, which are smaller. So mule deer are uh, have the highest requirements for these high nutritional protein plants. Uh, they don't tolerate uh, garbage plants very well. They start to lose a lot of weight. And so the smaller the animal, the higher the requirement is or the, the better quality of food that they require for their nutrition. When they're going through and uh, dealing with these plants, sometimes they'll start to miss out on some of those essential uh, nutrients, uh, things that we need, calcium, sodium, and so it's important for animals to be able to find uh, natural mineral licks. They're out there. Uh, but oftentimes you'll find uh, deer, especially in the Intermountain West, you'll find deer on the road uh, eating the salt off the road, licking it. That's some of the challenges you face. But uh, also it's important for them to be able to find clean water uh, to help them obtain some of those uh, nutrients that they're missing out, especially with the water. Um, here in the state of Utah, deer has been on a decline for the last 30, 40 years. And wildlife officials believe that that decline is mostly due to drought. And we have a couple of bad winters here and there. We also have some habitat being destroyed, obviously, by the amount of building that's going on. But overall, there's been a drought for the last 30, 40 years, multiple drought events. And so it's really brought that population down. Another factor that uh, makes you want to watch habitat a little more is uh, impact that you can have by grazing, overgrazing, overbrowsing, putting too many animals out on the landscape. So you can get that a number of ways. You can have a, a rancher and whether you're a fed organization or the estate, you can open it up for grazing. You're putting too many animals and you're going to start to see a deterioration. Once that habitat starts to deteriorate, it's really difficult to bring it back. Uh, it's easier to destroy it than it is to bring it back and rebuild and make it look good again. And so you really got to watch that. The other uh, factor that you can face, though, is an over uh, population of too many wildlife um, Elk is, is a scenario that a lot of states are facing where they are having a hard time killing enough elk and the populations are getting larger and larger and they're growing almost unchecked. Um, part of me is, that's why part of me is okay with the, the wolves issue 
is it kind of keeps some of these things in balance where we're not that great at. Now, you can debate on whether we should have them or not. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm okay if you say you don't like them. I'm also okay if you say if you do like them. But uh, keeping these populations in check to make sure they're not getting too big. A lot of people will say, well, why can't we just trap and relocate? It's really expensive. Quarantine, movement of disease, there's a lot of issues with that. But you got to make sure that you're watching that habitat to see what's being affected and how it's playing out. The other thing that's really interesting about diet and nutrition is once you understand diet and nutrition, you understand how important it is in these prey species uh, going against predators. Uh, animals that are often weaker uh, in poor habitat as well. They're not as big and as healthy as other animals. Will we'll fall prey to predators a little quicker, uh, studies have shown, than if they were healthier and were able to evade predators. And so you'll start to see uh, with poor, poor habitat, uh, some of these uh, species are going to be more affected by the predator-prey relationships than others. Uh, another under, a thing that's important that uh, I think you're going to start seeing more in states uh, that are having an impact is as the population of people grow, the number of houses and the development, whether it's commercial, residential, those are all having an impact. And so if we can understand the important uh, pieces of habitat, the required habitat for whether it's their birthing season or their winter um, winter habitat, we can look at those things and say, okay, we, we don't want to do a development here. You can work with uh, a bunch of nonprofits and buy up this piece of property and make sure that that habitat is there for wildlife. Or cities are saying you can build, but all the vegetation has to be native and you can't put up any fences or whatever. And so we got to make sure we are watching that impact and how that plays out. And then um, nutrition and conservation, uh, again, the better the nutrition, the better chances of conserving a population, helping the, those wildlife species, especially ones that are on decline that they're constantly worried about, whether it's a loss of habitat or disease or over harvest, whatever it may be, the better the nutrition for any of those wildlife species, the better chance they have in having offspring and continuing that next generation. So these are some of the things that I've learned about why it's important to understand diets, nutrition, habitat. These are the important things that, that are going to help you understand a species better. I would argue that hunters need to know more about diet and nutrition than any than any other whether but i mean you could say that about a wildlife photographer or a non-consumptive they can they need to understand diet and nutrition because one it's going to help you find animals a lot better and two the more you start to care the more you start to see the things that go on around you that are affecting wildlife and so it's really important 
that you understand diet and nutrition. Uh, There's a lot of hunters that I know who personally know absolutely nothing about wildlife. They know something about the area they go to. Their grandpa started going here in the 20s and they've continued it on ever since. And they just go to that same spot. They sit on that same rock and they watch that same area as deer move through but they don't understand the process that's going on. If they were able to understand diet and nutrition and habitat better, they could find better spots that would make their harvest a little better. Uh, For wildlife photographers, it would help them find the areas to get those candid pictures that they're looking for as deer or elk or moose. As they're moving across the landscape, you will understand the areas that you need to start looking for. And as you travel to different areas out of state, uh, different states, you can start to understand and look at key features and, and not have as much guesswork because you understand habitat and how it's affecting them. So in summary, diet, nutrition, big game species uh, is it's it's intricate and it's dynamic. It's always changing because of uh, the way they live their lives, uh, whether it's seasonal, whether there's disease, whether there's um, human impacts going on, whatever it is. And so we just need to understand these Uh, systems a little better to make sure that we are maintaining those healthy ecosystems, the healthy habitat, so they can continue on for the next generation. All right, you guys, have a great day. Stay wild.